0: assalamu alaikum. I hope you're well. It's hannah here. Welcome to Her Story Inspires. Um Mashalot Episode 2 was honestly so so amazing. Um subhanallah um, so our special guest was Yasmin Egala. Um Yasmin Egala is the author of Treasures of Jannah she's also the co-founder of Tiny Muppins a mobile Islamic workshop for children and a HR professional so you can imagine subhanAllah had so much to discuss and talk about um, subhanAllah ranging from her arriving at Heathrow airport uh, in the early 90s, the kind of, you know, adapting to life here in London as a child and then later as a teenager. Um, all the way to, subhanAllah, her, you know, practicing Islam um, as a born Muslim. Now, um, I'm more than sure, as I said, you're going to absolutely love this uh, episode. um. So, inshallah, before we go straight into, into the episode, um, again, inshallah, if you would like to uh, be a guest speaker on Her Story Inspired, um, you know, we will be more than honored to have you on, just email us on herstoryinspires at gmail.com. Other than that, my dear sisters, I hope you enjoy it. Um, please do leave uh, a comment uh, down below the video um, and any feedback um, is absolutely welcome. Um, Take care of yourselves, uh, may Allah bless you and honour you. Um, so, uh, inshaAllah, assalamu alaikum from me and um, enjoy the episode. We all have a story, a story of pain, a story of shame, guilt, sadness and grief. A story of ups and downs, highs and lows that gave birth to who you are today. That empowered you to stand tall despite how broken you felt inside. And it's this that makes you special, beautiful, strong, and inspiring. Her Story Inspires is a weekly online show where women will be sharing their story of courage to leave you feeling inspired and, more importantly, to know that you're not alone.
1: Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? I'm fine, Hondala. How are you?
2: Oh Alhamdulillah, I'm really good. You look really nice, mashallah.
1: Oh, thank you. A fonts of lippy for all of you today.
2: <laughs> MashaAllah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, you're right though, yeah?
1: Yeah, I'm fine, Alhamdulillah. I'm fine. How are the kids?
2: Oh Alhamdulillah, they're fine. Okay, they're sleeping, yeah or are they still up.
1: They're absolutely not sleeping, but yeah, oh. fine.
2: <laughs> How about yours? Sleeping. Mine, um, they're not home, they're out with their dad. So yeah. Oh, good plan. So, yeah, that's the I was like, I've got eight thirty, I've got um a live. Yeah. And then he was like, all right, I'll take another like, like I need that. Oh, um <laughs> uh, assalamu alaikum to all you sisters who've joined us. I hope you guys are well. MashaAllah. Okay. Um, let's begin. Are you ready, inshallah? Yeah? Yeah, ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's begin. So بسم الله Salam ala على رسول الله. رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من alaikum يفقهوا قولي. So, السلام عليكم Wa الله وبركاته. Dearest ياسمين.
1: <laughs> <laughs> وعليكم السلام alaykum
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to all you beautiful sisters. Uh, mashallah who who are joined, have already joined us, mashallah. Um, Jazakallah khair, Um, inshallah Yasmeen first of all to you for agreeing inshallah to be part of the podcast and to come on today Alhamdulillah And um, inshallah share share your story Um, So let's just, inshallah just dive straight into it Okay Um, And let's go like way back to Yasmeen, um, the
0: child
1: okay <clears throat> so i'm gonna start from when i came to this country so i'm originally i'm Ghanaian so i was born in Ghana um yeah. i came to this country um, when i was eight years old um, yeah. so i'm gonna start from when i first landed in Heathrow airport in 1993. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> okay, yeah. so, before i came to the UK i thought you know as you do um um the west is like really amazing everything's nice and everything got to Heathrow airport being driven by my dad cuz my dad came before us what happened is we were living in Ghana and we came to this country with my dad for work so in okay. a posting it was supposed to be 4 years but 4 years became like forever so okay. i was you know i was in the car driving i was looking around and i was like oh my god and my dad my mom was like what's wrong i'm like england's dirty <laughs> <And when laughs> really? i want to dirty I you know like when you're in Africa everything's like bright sunny you've got big houses everything is like everyone's happy but I remember oh. driving by and seeing all the houses and like the the roof was like dark and yeah. you know, the weather was really dark everyone just looked so like serious and unhappy yeah. I, this is this is actually quite a disappointment
2: but yeah.
1: I adjusted and everything I went to school and everything so I started primary school in year 4 um and oh. Yeah, so it was it was quite I mean, to be honest, I don't know, back in those days, in the nineties, it wasn't really cool to come with an African accent. So I had a really I can African accent. <laughs> but I was one of those freshies that was so confident. You know when you're <laughs> freshie but you're confident? So I would even go to school with, like, my jollof rice, even, like, my belly no. fish. I did not care. Listen, you can you could have laughed at, at my food, but <laughs> I was eating that food. And I feel like, look at your dry sandwich. I was so, so, I was a confident freshie. That's
2: so, so good, though, mashallah.
1: That's yeah, good. mashallah. So, I mean, primary school was really good. And, you know, after some time, the accent wore off and I kind of integrated. So, actually, when we talk about Yasmin as a child, I was, like, happy, confident, wow. just always happy and I loved writing my sister will tell you that I used to like have this notebook that I carry so there's actually a picture of us um we've gone to the museum and I'm carrying this like notebook and I I was I would always write stories about doing really like random things like fighting with a lion like climbing up a tree with a tiger really really but yeah Yasmin as a child was just happy happy go lucky. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Um are you the
2: eldest Yasmin?
1: No, sure. so I'm the middle child. Um so I've got an oh, older brother and a younger sister.
2: Yeah, yeah Samira's here. Somebody <laughs> <Hello>, from Samira. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> well, it's the life. Um and I so actually met you through Samira, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, I remember
1: that day actually.
2: <laughs> no, you
1: remember? I remember was that it? Day. Yeah, I remember like I was I, I just had my second child and I hadn't been out for a while and my sister was like, Oh, you should go to these like um sister circles in Camden and I was like, yeah. Hold on. But are the sisters cool because I'm really not in the mood to like, you know, I just wanted to be with like really cool sisters. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I know the sister that's organizing it. Her name's Hannah. So when I came, you actually came up to me and she was like, you're like, oh, I think you thought I was Samira because you're like, oh, Uh, "Oh, you were, some, you know, someone, someone else. I'm like, yeah, that's my sister. So I remember that day.
2: Oh, mashallah, mashallah. Um, Literally, like when I met Samira, I just fell in love with her. Um because my best friend in school um she was Ghanaian but she wasn't Muslim yeah um her name was Jasmine and we were like so tight anywhere you saw Jasmine you saw Hannah like anywhere even we go outside, like, we dress we the same. We, um, even our siblings, like, we had the same number of siblings. It was just, we were just wow. so, even our, our birthdays were, like, one day apart. Like, it was just, wow. it was just so tight. <laughs> yeah, so when I met Samira, and she's and I was like, wow, like, my friend Jasmine. Yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, she was Muslim. You know, obviously, your sister's Muslim. So I was like, wow, there's Ghanaian who are Muslim? Like, subhanAllah. And this is me, who's East African. Yeah. Um, and I was shocked. Subhanallah, like there's there's Islam in Ghana. Yeah. Um subhanAllah. But I'm sure we're gonna talk about that, inshallah, a bit that later on. Well <laughs> uh mashallah. Okay, so um you came in year four and um you finished primary school, went on to secondary school. Um how was like the how was um you know how was sorry, how was secondary school uh, like for you? Because obviously you had year four, year five and year six yeah but that's only like two three years and then you're going straight into secondary and we know like the the amount of peer pressure um that there is in secondary school so how did you find yourself like adapting to that that change coming from Ghana
1: yeah so okay so I think that's the benefit of having an older sibling because they get to kind of try that out so my (laughs) brother was in year six so he was here for a year and then he was thrown into the deep end so i think because yeah. my brother was really cool in secondary school so when i went really? into, yeah he was like quite popular and cool so when i went into secondary school it was quite easy it was like oh yeah. yeah i'm like yeah 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 so it was like easy and by that time the accent was like nowhere to be found so and i kind of knew my my brother didn't really told me no, but this is what you should do to like fit in so yeah. you know i was coached into like being cool in secondary <laughs> schools but secondary school was like fine for me actually I integrated oh. yeah
2: secondary was quite good yeah the whole experience from year year 7 to year 11 was all right yeah, yeah?
1: so like it was I, I think secondary school was was fun for me so I think for me as a teenager I mean you know you go through the teenage you know years but I think because I was African I think I don't know who's African listening, but you know, there are certain principles you have to do when you're African, Mm -hmm. especially Ghanaian. So you have to be law-abiding, we don't do crime. Our parents cannot cope with crime. You have to be polite to your eldest, as in you don't talk back, even if that auntie or or uncle is annoying. You have to be academic. So those are the things really, if you really wanna like get in your parents good books, you have to do, Mm -hmm. and I was all of those things. And everything else, I, I, I more or less had quite a bit of free, not a lot of freedom and also yeah, the boys, mm-hmm. we didn't do boys, no, not in my home, we did mm-hmm. not do boys. So I was quite happy-go-lucky. I did all the like normal things that people did at the time. So like making up dances, you know, memorizing lyrics to songs, just just really chilling with my friends all day, not all, all day every day, but just like, just just being mm-hmm. happy, really happy-go-lucky.
2: Oh, that's really good, mashallah. I'm just reading one of the comments. Uh, I think it's awakened mind to think, can we hear the accent? I love the Ghanaian accent. Oh action. my
1: God. Um, I have to think of something <laughs> to say. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to forget that as we're going, I'm going to think of something and I'm going to say okay. it. Okay.
2: All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Inshallah. I won't put you on the spot like that then. Inshallah. Okay.
1: That's
2: fine. Um, okay. Let's move on. Inshallah. So um, you went secondary school. So you loved it. You enjoyed it. Alhamdulillah. That's really good, you know, um, considering that you spent, you know, the first uh, eight to nine years of your life in Ghana. That's quite much. That's quite good. Um, yeah. Was it that because in school a lot of the students were they like ethnic minority as well? Like a lot of like a lot of them there, or how was it?
1: I think I think to be honest with you, I think it's because of my background in terms of my family background. I think the thing is when you're talking for, about people from back home that come, I think it depends. So I come from mm. quite. So in my home country in Ghana I come from quite a prominent family. When I say prominent like my my uncle's my dad my my dad was educated in the UK a lot of my uncles had traveled. So I come I came from a family mm-hmm. that was quite exposed in terms of the west. So I felt like the transition wasn't so much because a lot of the things that we were doing in Ghana we would it was the same as here. So it's not like it was a big big shock. It was just that, you know, maybe the way of life was a bit different but There wasn't anything to me, anyway, that was like really drastic. Um, And in terms of my, you know, things like my identity, I feel like even though I came over when I was eight, I feel like I continued that. I knew my parents always told me, You are African. Don't ever forget you are African, okay? So don't do what these people are doing. So I knew, I kind of, I knew what time it was. So even though I I became Western, I kind of knew at the, I could hear my mom. She was just there in the back of my mind all the time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, um, and also, I just wanted to add so I was born into a Muslim family. Talking about your friend, and this yeah. is that I often meet people and they're like, What, you're Ghanaian, you're Muslim? Mm. I'm like, What, there's like 40 percent of Muslims in Ghana, you exactly. Know, but you but I know. think people don't know that, and I think people tend to meet like Christian um, Ghanians that are Christians, and also, even the Ghanians mm. that are Christians, they even ask me, Ah, are you sure you're Ghanaian because we don't have Muslims in Ghana? Come on, wow, so so yeah, so I was born into a Muslim family, um. And I think what if you know West African um in terms of the way we practice Islam, because we live co- we coincide, like Christians and Muslims live side by side. Yeah. So it's quite easy when you move to the West to kind of fit in because in Ghana we mix a lot. So yes. it that much of a shock.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. even with Eritrea, it's the same. Yeah. Um, you know, they even intermarry and everything, it's it's just seen as one. Well, back then anyway, like I think yeah. before maybe back before this, the 80s or 70s like when my mom was growing up basically like it was a norm like to marry yeah. a Christian marry a muslim it was just you know the, the, even christmas you know like they celebrate together and eid and <laughs> yeah. it's kind of just seen the same um so when you're talking like it, it's it's making a lot of sense to me um yeah. so I get it I completely get it um i think for me it was when i started college um there was a, a girl that I always see in the library, and I knew she was Nigerian. Yeah. Um, and then it was like Ramadan, and then she was speaking to her friends, like, yeah, I'm fasting. And literally, my head just turned towards <laughs> her, and I thought, she's Muslim. Like, oh. She's Nigerian, though, you know? <laughs> SubhanAllah. So, um, I think mean, that's when I first was exposed to, like, West Africa. Um, yeah. You know, there's actually Muslims who live there. Yeah. um subhanallah so yeah it just shows you that like, you know our ignorance and how much even as a me as a muslim who is from africa as well um you know how ignorant we can actually be um Definitely. but yeah i was just proud though i was just like yes there's you know islam in nigeria and you know and then later when i met samira i was like oh wow this is amazing and then um i think that's kind of opened my my path to kind of like want to learn more about islam in west africa and when yes. that opened up for me, I was like, whoa, like, I can't believe it. SubhanAllah, like, they played such a crucial role in Islamic history. Yeah. Um, SubhanAllah. So, yeah. I'm yeah. um, just going to read the comments. Um, Awakened Minds saying, Islam in Ghana is beautiful, Mashallah. I spent awesome. a month there uh, in 2017 uh, and didn't want to come home. Wow. Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, mean, how did you feel? Did you ever feel like you want to go home? Did you feel like homesick?
1: I was homesick. My sister so Aww. okay, so there's three of us. So we had my brother that came here. And I think because he came when he was 10, he came here and he just really didn't, be, he just didn't really want to, not that he didn't want to go back, but he integrated quite well. For about four years, I was always like, I want to go back to Ghana. I want to go Aww. home. For me, I considered myself, it took me quite a while, you know, to like accept this as my home. I still loved Ghana. And even when people would say things like Africa, like bad things, I was like, I love my home. I for
2: me, yeah. I really, really wanted to go back. I really loved Ghana, so Allah. Oh, that's yeah. lovely, man. Uh, Misty one nine oh two. Same with Nigeria. We live side by side, and Christians yeah. celebrate Eid on Yeah, I must be an African thing. Definitely. Thank Thank Allah. Um, okay, I think. Uh, sorry, oh, sorry. Samira saying before she's saying meanwhile Eid is a uh, baton's holiday in Ghana. Um, Okay, uh, hood inked uh, creations. I love the accent. Oh, you did, you did the accent, by <laughs> yes, the way. Did yeah, I, said, <laughs> I did it just for
1: you. Oh, so. oh Alhamdulillah.
2: Okay, um, so Alhamdulillah, like, you know, you, you integrated quite well. You went to secondary school. Yeah. Um, so, when did, like, Islam, how, what, 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 actually, how much did Islam, like, what role did it play in your life up to, like, I'll say, like, say, up to, like, secondary school? Like, how, like, how, much of Islam, did you kind of understand or practice up to that point? Just before you became practicing, I think
1: connection. So, so okay. So I'm going to go back. So, <clears throat> I was born into a Muslim family, and I and my family, I would say they're quite liberal. So when I say liberal. You know, I knew I was a Muslim. You know how, like, you, you, get, you, you get born? For me, that's how Islam was. Like, I was born and I knew I was Muslim. But it was almost like, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm born Muslim, so I'm Muslim. I didn't really understand. I used to have, like, um, somebody that would come to the house and teach me and my brother about Islam. And then when we came here, we went to, like, um, Islamic studies. So I don't know if you know, Regent's Park Mosque, they used to have, like, mm. a Saturday school. I hated it. I'm not going to lie. It was a bore. Oh. A, I just did not. I was like, why are these... Adult sending me here, it was boring, you know it just and it, it just i just couldn 't really relate like it just felt like um we were told what we can 't do you can 't do this, you can 't play the lottery, you can 't do this where's your hijab you know i didn't come from mm. a family where young people wore hijab. You wore hijab when you were like sixty, nearing death, you go to Hajj for sixty you know, my parents <laughs> told me, yeah like you know pray, but you know i'm not even going to lie i, w- I didn 't really pray. I did mm. there were three things I did so I didn't eat pork so for me growing up eating pork was equivalent of taking you out of the fold of islam as far as I was concerned <laughs> I was like what kind of muslim eats pork yeah and also like um ramadan like you had to fast like I always fasted ramadan and the funny thing is I fasted but I sometimes didn't pray like I would get up in the morning make this delicious really nice food for sahur and then go mm. back to bed sometimes because like for me it was like as long as I was of pushing myself, then it was fine. Um, yeah. so I was a Muslim, but you know how, like you said, um, when you when the girls said to somebody she's fast and your head turned, a lot of times, mm. even though I went to Islamic studies, I never really spoke about my religion amongst my friends. So, you yeah. know, when people be like, Oh, why weren't you at school? Maybe I took the day off Eid, and I'll be like, Oh, it was Eid, and they're like, When did you become Muslim? And I would get so offended. Wow. i was be like, course, I was born yeah. Muslim, I'll be so offended, like. So I feel like in terms of identity, I was like Ghanaian. I was black and Ghanaian first. Oh, yeah. And I was Muslim too. So in terms of, you know, the, the order of things, I was a Muslim, but it was kind of like it was a given because my parents were Muslim. So mm-hmm. I went through teenage life just kind of doing this Islam this thing as and when, you know, and my mm-hmm. family focused so much on like academics and just being a good good girl. Just be a good girl. Don't get pregnant. We don't like pregnancy oh, yeah. when you're young. Be polite but that's, yeah. you know, and oh yeah, try and pray. That's, that's how it went. And that's the kind of family I came from. And it's not like they didn't want to practice, but you were kind of left, as long as you're a good person. And I used to think, look, I'm a good person and only, only God can judge me. So I, I, that's, yeah. that was kind of where my mind was. So fast forward, I didn't start practicing Islam until I was 20. Um, no, about, okay, 19 going on 20. Um, and. I don't know, do you want me to go into that story now, or?
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, please do, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, okay, so before that, I'd finished uni, um, I'd finished high school, I'd went to college, and I I was always really, really ambitious, I always knew, you know, like, when they talk about short-term and long-term goals, I always knew what I wanted to do, like, Samira will tell you, mm. I was that child that was like, oh, you know, what do you want to do? I knew, you know, what I wanted to do, so I was very oh, ambitious yeah. and everything, so, When I was at uni, first year of uni, studying for my undergraduate degree, I went to do an internship and in true Yasmin fashion, sometimes (laughs) I don't like settling for mediocre. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't just want to go to do an internship with a company in the UK. I want to go further. I want to travel. So I actually did an internship with a company in America. Um, I sure yeah so I, w- I went to America when I was 18 on my own to Chicago mm. for four months I had my own apartment with a pool I got paid for my insurance yeah, I was yeah, driving my parents were really proud because you know it was a big deal I had to interview for the for the role mm. and everything so in in true African fashion you are going places <laughs> or you are yes we're reaping we yeah. the, the fruits of our labor you know so our parents <laughs> were pretty really tough you know I was like you know I was I was getting there so I went there um, and everything, and I had a lot of freedom. So really, if you think about it, I could have done anything. Um, mm. And because I was born into a Muslim family, I used to do this thing where I'd carry a Quran with me, but it wasn't to read. It was literally for protection and just in case something <laughs> happens. You know, if you're traveling, you know, the plane might crash and you want to be in a lot of good books, you know. So I carried the Quran with me and I had this like um, prayer dress with like shoulder pads. My mom got me from Hajj. Hajj Ugly as hell. Aww. I took it with me just in case I felt like praying one day. I never did. Um, but I felt really empty. I remember just being, you know, mm. there going shopping every day, spending money, and just coming back to my apartment and just looking around. I'd be really like, and all my friends were like messaging me, oh, my God, you know, sending us pictures. And I just felt so empty. And I just didn't know yeah. what else. Like, is this it, though? Like, you make money, you shop. How much shopping can you do, you know? And I felt yeah. really empty, but I couldn't really explain it. So, um, came back, still living that, you know, independent woman life, and then I went to Jamaica in 2005, Um, after that, with my friends and family, so at this stage, Yasmin, 18 to 20, it was the peak of my, like, you know, my youth, I was literally, I felt like I was really making it, you know, like, exploring, (laughs) traveling, doing all these things, and my parents were really proud of everything. And I went to Jamaica. So I went to Jamaica. It was Christmas time. And what you said about Christmas. So we didn't really celebrate Christmas. But because we had Christian family, you would do things like go over for Christmas. You know, we even like, me and my sister at one point, we really liked the spirit of Christmas. So the fact that you have, you know, Christmas tree. I went to a church. Yeah, events, and you know, the choir, I used to love it, you know, singing all those songs. It was so much fun, and then you go to Islamic studies, and they're like, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, it was just, it was was too much. So, I went to Jamaica on Christmas um, with my friend, who was a Muslim, and her family, and they were like, on Christmas Day, she was like, are you going to come to church? I'm like, why are you asking me to come to church? I'm a Muslim. And she was like, okay, but you don't even practice your religion, whatever. So we're in Jamaica in December 2005. So we're on the beach, beautiful beach. So my friend's reading this book. And you know one of these books where somebody's had a bad experience with Islam. So I guess this person had been married off when she was 15 to so like a 60-year-old man. He had beat her, whatever. But mm. so she turns around to me and she's like, your religion really oppresses w- women. I'm like, sorry, you're interrupting my piece. I'm lying on this beach chilling and you're talking <laughs> to me about my religion. I was like, what are you talking about? And then yeah. she was like, um, your religion oppresses women. And I was so angry. I was like, how dare you? No, it doesn't. So we started kind of arguing a bit. And she was like, do you know what, Yasmin? You don't know anything about your religion. You don't even yeah. pray. And literally, at oh, that moment, wow. like, under- stabbed me in my heart, honestly. I was so she upset. Hasn't. But then I also felt like she had a point, because it's true. Yeah. Like, she's been yeah. my friend. I keep saying every once in a while, I'm a Muslim but I wasn't really doing anything, like I was, yeah, I was a Muslim, but, and she was like, you don't actually know that your religion doesn't say that, because you don't know anything about your religion, so I was so and I was like, no, this is not true, she was like, whatever, basically, so it was a bit tense, but it was a good holiday, so remember, remember I said to you, I used to carry the Quran with me for protection, right, so it was in the bottom of my suitcase, and I was like, oh, this is so annoying, so rambling around, Took out the quran and dusted it off because remember it doesn't get read the quran just didn't get read it was the english translation oh, yeah. and i thought oh, here we go let me open it and see but i was a bit afraid because like i kind of knew that there's i'm going to find out things that means that my lifestyle has to end and i wasn't really ready yeah. but i kind of wanted to prove her wrong so i opened the quran mm. and the verse that i actually opened was surah Kafirun. so oh,
0: Subhanallah.
1: yeah the summary of the surah was Um, oh you like people that don't believe the summary is like basically you know you won't believe what I believe I won't believe what you believe so to you be your religion and Mm. me be mine and I Mm. I felt at ease; all that anger kind of like subsided because I'm like do you know what Mm. it's true you know she believes what she believes I believe what I believe but then I came back from Jamaica just with this feeling I'm like nah I can't be the religious type you know (laughs) no come on I'm living life (laughs) nah that's it's not in my dna to be one of these timid religious like boring people that was not falling in life but i was like but it was still there and i had been introduced before to another muslim friend shadia like i'd met her through a friend and she was a hijabi yeah that's okay
2: it's fine we can continue can you hear me
1: yeah, yeah, I can hear yeah, you. Yeah. Um so I, I Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um she was like, um so I remember asking her, I was like, you know what? Um do you know anything about Islam? What what made you start start practicing Islam? And she was like, Oh, I wasn't always practicing and I used to do this and that and now I wasn't really praying. And then she told me that she'd started yeah. she started practicing Islam as well. So I was like, oh, okay, um, so, and I remember the first question she asked me was, wait, are you Sunni or Shiite? I was like, what are you talking about, mate? I'm a Muslim, um, and, yeah. and she was like, you know, so what's your brother's name? And my brother's name's Farouk. So she's like, no, no, I think you're Sunni. I was like, what is she talking about? So she gave me, um, <laughs> she gave me like another English version of the Quran and she was really, really gentle with me. She was like, oh, you know, do you pray? And I was like, no. The last time I prayed was like a few months ago, and I before an exam, like that's that's that was the reality of I don't pray, like. And so, she was really, really gentle with me, like, she was really good. Like, you know, she would invite me over for dinner, and we were talking when it's time to pray. She's like, Oh, do you want to pray? Meanwhile, I'm there with like my acrylic nails, my nails were all all dead, but she never said, Oh. Why are you wearing that? She kind of just, all right, if you want to pray, even though probably what I was wearing wasn't really a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of just let me, and then eventually she would buy me a, a scarf as a gift and stuff. So, yeah, you know what? She's quite all right, and she doesn't seem as boring as I thought religious people are. Um, so yeah. I'm doing all this, and so nobody at home knows what's going on. So I met another, one of my friends aunties also converted to Islam, and she, i would always feel guilty when i saw her because i'll go to their family functions and she's like decked out like you know scarf a buyer and i'm there just eating and it's like i don't know or she'll go to pray and then she'll be like are you muslim and i'll be like yeah and then she was like oh are you born muslim and i just felt so judged because he oh was a revert convert and i just basically wanted to live my life so oh. um so she, I, I contacted her and I started going to like, I, I said to her, do you know what? I kind of want to start learning. I don't want to be pressurized, but I just want to start learning a bit. Um, and I think also I was at a point where I was questioning everything. Like, do I even believe in Islam? Like, am I only a Muslim because mm-hmm. my parents are? Because by this mm-hmm. point I was woke. I was independent. So I was like, I'm not, I i shouldn't really just be doing something because my parents do it. Um Yeah. So she invited me to some sister gatherings. And then I, when I'd come in, everyone would be so nice. MashaAllah, sister, you thinking of converting yeah. to Islam. I was like, oh, <laughs> what is wrong with you people? I told you. I'm, I'm a born Muslim. But I also felt like when I said that, the tone changed, honestly. Because it's okay. like, you're born Muslim. And then it's like, okay. So you're born. Because I think as well, a lot of converts to Islam, they think that if you're born Muslim, you're always going to be like, I don't know, very religious, you know? Oh, it's, yes. Yeah, yeah, so it's like you're born. So I felt like there was a lot of, yeah, willingness to help. But when I was like, oh, yeah, I was born Muslim. And then, you know, I'd go to pray and they're like, sister, you can't pray in that. You've got nail varnish on. I was like, oh, are these people, honestly. Yeah. And so, so I kind of started distancing myself from the religious lot. And also people assuming, or, or they'll say things like, Masha Allah, I'm like, sorry, what's that? I don't actually know what that is. But I thought you said you're born Muslim. I'm like... You, mate, I'm, I said I was born Muslim. I didn't say I was an Arab. Like I did not know what that meant. Oh so, uh, yeah. So I started researching and finding out, and you know, I remember the the winter after. I thought, you know what? Let me try and read this Quran cover to cover. So I was afraid. I was so scared of finding out anything that would would mean mm. that I have to like change my life. I just wasn't ready, or anything that would make me feel guilty. But I was like, you know, what? let me just read it in it, and if I don't like it, I just I just won't read it again. And I was blown away, Hannah. Like, I started reading it, like, mm. I mean. And then, you know, just Surah Baqarah, just the English translation and just reading. And I was like, wow, like, it, it's, you know, like a good book that you can't put down.
2: Yeah, I know <laughs> that feeling.
1: Yeah. I felt like, I was like, wow, I didn't even know that, you know, Allah talks about all the minute things and, you know, the stories and just so many things I just did not know. Um, and so all this is going on in the background. So in my house, nobody really knows that I'm on this journey. And then I started yeah. to come home and my mom makes some chicken. And she was and I was like, Oh mom, can we just start buying halal meat? <laughs> and she was <laughs> like, ah, what do you mean, eh? You know, she was living. <laughs> she was like, What? You're not gonna eat my food, like, and then my sister was oh. laughing. She's like, What's wrong with you? Why are you like talking about what's halal? Like, what are you even talking about? And I started, like, mm-hmm. if I go to pray, I'll be like, oh, it's, you know, are we all, are we all praying? You know, we, we should pray. And, like, they started laughing at me, like, you need to calm down and just stop, just, just calm down and stuff like that. So that was quite difficult. But I think over time, they saw how serious I was. And then my sister was like, okay, so tell me. Because I think her experience was a bit different. So she was like, oh, well, tell me, what is it? You know, so I was like, you know, start reading for yourself. So she soon kind of joined me on my mm-hmm. journey and like we had, we were together, you know, you know, just, it, we were just together on the journey, but it was really hard because it's like, suddenly I'm challenging my parents. Mom, you mm. know, you really should be wearing hijab. I wasn't wearing hijab yet, but I was like, do you know what? I actually read in the Quran, we should wear hijab, you know, like, cause before then, you know, I would even say things when I was practicing as, oh, it, um, nowhere in the Quran does it say you should wear hijab. I didn't know this for a fact, oh, but I will just yeah. repeat things because that's what you do. You hear what other people mm. are saying, and then my mom, my mom was really good. She was like, oh, yeah, I know. But, you know, and then little things like, yeah, but if you wear hijab, will you get married? You know, maybe you won't get married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait till you yeah. get married. That's to try and get you married first because, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't, you're not going to attract anyone in that hijab kind of thing. <laughs> and then, you know, saying things like, you know, suddenly I found out the boundaries between, like, cousins, you know, because. Oh, yeah. With, like, cousins as your brothers and, you know, suddenly yeah. going to a family function and some uncles trying to, like, manhandle you. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, sorry, Uncle. Ah, I changed your nappy. I'm like, oh. (laughs) You know, that (laughs) whole thing. And just trying to educate people, like, and that did not go down well. Yeah, I can
2: imagine. Mm. There
1: was a lot of, like, it it, it became very lonely because my old friends didn't recognize me. And then, so I'd gone to a stage, I was praying five times a day. I'd taken off my acrylic nails. I was, like, transforming. But I feel like people could cope with that. But it's like, when I started outwardly, looking like a muslim how like everything changed like i thought oh. like, like everything changed like what are you doing like my cousin i remember going to ghana once one one year and my, i walked into like a family barbecue and it was like so i thought i looked really good so i started wearing hijab um, and stuff like in the bun and i walked in in ghana and literally everyone stopped and they looked at me and they started oh. laughing they're like and then one of my oh. really brazen cousin came up to me and he was like What's going on with your attire? Like, did you nearly die? Like, what's going on? Like, you are just, what, <laughs> what are you doing basically? Are you trying to be an Arab and stuff? And it was so humiliating. And I'm like, no. And then it was a bit like, oh, it's, it's a phase. And then it's like, oh, did you meet a Muslim man? And I'm like, I didn't meet a Muslim man actually. Yeah. And stuff like that. And then going through. And then also, I, I think before, I was very confident in myself. So I was really taking care of myself. I was doing my hair every two weeks, doing my eyebrows. Do my nails? I was really on point, and all like, all even all like my younger cousins would say, I want to be like you when I'm older. And then suddenly, I have to. I've actually accepted that to start wearing hijab, and then it's like yeah. I stand and look in the mirror, and I'm not gonna lie, I did not find it cute. I didn't find myself Aww. nice to wear hijab, so I'm putting it on, and just not feeling, just not feeling good. Like just feeling like, oh my God, is this me? Oh you know, because I'd found myself, and I felt like I was transitioning. But then yeah. it's like I would go to the um, the circles where there were practicing Muslims, and then it's like it wasn't enough. It's like, are you still mm. wearing your hair in a bun? I'm like, yeah. And then I'll, in my family, they're like, but why are you wearing that? You know, just it, religion is in your hearts. It's in your heart. It doesn't matter how mm. you look on the outside. So I was kind of caught in in this internal battle. So I was doing yeah. too much according to some of my family members, and then according to the Muslim community, I wasn't doing enough because. Wow. You know, and also I think that's because I'll, when you're born Muslim, people think that you've had a head start. So they feel like, yeah. well, you should have been doing this all this time. So, you know, but and I couldn't really tell them, oh, I don't actually know what I'm doing. Like, and yeah. even like things like before, I'd only heard hear, heard people say things like fear Allah, you know, and Allah will punish you. And we don't want to go to hell, that kind of thing. Oh, yes. So, you know, just getting to really understand who Allah was and actually understanding Allah is merciful, obviously, you know, he, he can be swift and punishing as well, but just yeah. that, just really understanding it for myself, not what other people thought. And also, like, I felt like I was rushed a bit, like, oh, but and then also, in, like, so I start I've been practicing for 14 years, and at that time, it was, be- Dar, alhamdulillah. It, it just, um. It, it was uh, sorry,
2: Samira saying one of our cousins asked if we, if we almost died and if that was the reason we started wearing hijab. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah because, you know, apparently, you know, that's when people become religious. And, um, yeah, so, you know, it was just really hard because then also in, in the Muslim circles that I was around, there was so much emphasis on marriage. So I was, by now, I was like 20, 21, 22, and it's like, sister, do you want to get married? I'm like, no, I really don't. I still wanted to be myself. I wanted to be, you know, ambitious. I still wanted to work in the corporate world. I still wanted to be, like, driven. I just wanted to be just me. I didn't mm-hmm. want anyone to define me, you know? And I found it really hard mm-hmm. trying to be myself and trying to practice. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do it in my own mm-hmm. time, not not being rushed and not being, like, pulled back as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was really, really hard. So as time went, I was really, really afraid of becoming, like, A boring timid version of myself i know it sounds really shallow but it was really like oh gosh like i have to be this person and another thing i really struggled with is i think before like i said before i started um practicing islam in that way i was very secure in my ethnic identity as a black black girl and then suddenly i started practicing and i felt like products of arab culture was I was expected to take them on so i kind of felt like my yeah. ethnicity was being erased like i, I that's how mm. i felt. You know? and then um well you couldn't
2: be a black practicing muslim woman, yeah. right
1: yes exactly yeah. all, all, and, and the and the black practicing muslim sisters i met they never released really mm. a background everything was like oh we want to move to saudi we want to oh yes yeah it's that kind of thing and I was like actually do I don't know do I want to go to Saudi I don't know Gambia is a Muslim country you know like I don't know you know mm. but I just felt like I couldn't say because they were more practicing than me I felt like yeah. you know, I these I didn't really agree with everything but I was kind of going along with it so yeah. I think that was a, I think it took a long time for me to kind of be comfortable as a black Muslim sister, in accordance to how I wanted to live, if if Mm -hmm. you see what I mean. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but you know, my parents, alhamdulillah, I think after a while there was a bit of like, you know, I think because I was law abiding, I'd gone to school, I I hadn't had a baby by then. So it was my parents were all right. So I think they were all right with me. But you know, I don't know. I think they also started practicing. So my, my mom started kind of, actually, you're right, you know, I should be doing more. And she started like coming to talks with me and learning with me, alhamdulillah. Passionate. It was really Passionate. nice that, you know, me, my sister, my mom, and even my dad, everybody started practising, but there would still be people that would like, oh, this is not going to last, this is a phase, no, no I don't think you're going to be able to do this, and people trying to bring up my past, like, oh, but you used to love doing this, but you used to love doing that, mm-hmm. and are you sure you're going to be yeah. able to wear that hijab? I'm like, well, I don't actually know if I, I might, I might take it off, but it was that pressure to kind of be yeah. who everyone else thought I should be
2: yeah yeah i know what you mean it's like you don't know who you are anymore yeah um or you know who you are but it's like i don't know how to express it in a way that's not displeasing to allah Yes. uh, but i can still be me i think that's what a lot of us struggled with myself like i feel like i went through that struggle for a really long time um and I, i remember a few times where i would kind of you know expose that part of me and it'd be like shut down or yeah. a comment would be made. Or with me, I'm very sensitive to like uh, people's facial expressions, so or, or the just the vibe and and the body, like you know, language. It, it, it just it just got to a point. Where I was like, alright, just just follow their way. <laughs>
1: just follow yeah. their way.
2: Um, and like you said, no one's talking. No one was talking about it back then. It was not talked about.
1: No.
2: Um, it really was. So how did you get to that point? Um, yes, mean I'd love to know. Like, how do we? Like when you were realizing this about you. Um, when did you reach a point that something happened or what happened exactly for you to be a point you know what this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be like when was that
1: I think do you know it took me a really long time and, been, and what you said I think now is a really different environment you 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 know yeah. that it was really hard it was such a prescriptive way to be you were practicing Muslim okay. and if you're a Muslim or you just had to rush and get married to just anybody oh yes you no know, and you you know, being ambitious, or trying to be, like, anything, because I was already working, so when I started practicing, when I'd finished, well, not finished uni, I was kind of on my way out of uni, and had, I was working in the corporate world, so I had a really good job doing commodity trading, so that in itself, and people always trying to say, oh, are you sure that's halal? I'm like, yes, you know, and mm. people are asking, you know, do you want to marry?" I'm like, yeah, I do, but I don't just want to get married to someone that just goes to the masjid, like, I need that yeah. on my wavelength. Um, I think... Yeah, got you know, standards, yeah. Yeah, you know, so that, because it's not going to work, is it? You know, the only thing we have in yeah. is religion. Um, exactly, yeah. I think for me, I think, um, it took, I would say it took a good few years, I would say, probably about three, four years. And I think because, mm. I felt like internally, I was like, I'm going to hold on to who I am. I even got to a point, I wouldn't even tell people I was working. Or, I remember somebody saying to me, wow. Yeah, like people, somebody saying to me, it's like, do you want to get married? That was a question. So, you go to a sister, uh, gal- yes and it's like, oh, that's oh, yes. well, sister you married. I'm like, no, yeah, that
2: was so uh, annoying. Yeah. I'm
1: like, yeah, one day, and it's like, okay, and it's like a hierarchy. So, if you're married with like 10 kids, that was like the top of the you know, that was, <laughs> and then the less, you know, the more ambitious you got, sometimes it was like, mm, you know, but I think it's yeah. so I suppressed a lot of. I couldn't even tell people i was still traveling that's how i felt because it was if i wasn't saying i was going to saudi to like learn arabic i couldn't say i literally was just going somewhere to go on holiday because i felt like everything there was such a prescriptive way to be um i started becoming a bit more blunt with it but like yeah i went to on holiday oh sister this uh, i just didn't care i just stopped caring and i I think what really helped me hannah is when this is the thing with knowledge you know sometimes i think as a born Muslim, I think sometimes you just take the information that you're given. So whether it's from mm. your parents, your culture. And I think when you start reading and researching and questioning for yourself, and you, I read a book about the great women of Islam,
0: you know, mm. Khadijah,
1: um, you know, the wife of the prophets, and you, all the different women of Islam, and they weren't all the same. They didn't all fit into yeah. one little box that everyone's yes. trying to make you fit, fit in. Then I thought, Do you know what, if those times they could be who they want, I can definitely be who I want. So I stopped caring about what people thought. And I thought, Do you know what? In those days, the women could be, you know, some of them were like business women. Some of them didn't even have children and it was fine. You know, they yeah. were still elevated. So I think when I learned that, it kind of made me just un- be unapologetically unapolog- me. I was like, this is me. And you're just, you like it or lump it. I don't really care what you think. So mm. that, that was really the turning point for me.
2: Masha Allah, and you know what, Subhanallah. Like what you're saying, there's so much that resonates with me. Like I, I, I remember just feeling like, like having to be like, like, what they say, like ideal Muslimah. Yeah. Um, and like if I wasn't like ticking all the boxes, it was like I'm not a good Muslim or I'm not good enough. Um, and like you said about about ambitions, I remember like if sisters were studying law it was like, Allah, like, a'udhu billah, you know? Um, it was just, yeah, I remember, I remember them days, like, subhanallah, but like you said, things have changed, and alhamdulillah, like, I feel like it's changed for the good. Um,
1: Definitely. Mashallah. And also, when you're you're going through that transition, I think other things are going on. So for me, when Mm. I was like, you know, I felt like there were two worlds. So I was transitioning into like the practicing Muslim community. And it's like, yeah, you're not doing enough. But then it's like, I remember actually one incident when I was wearing a hijab. When I started, so I went through stages where I got an advice from a sister that was like, you know, if you're not comfortable to wear hijab in the way that you aspire to, even if you wear it some days, it becomes like habit, right? So yeah. I used to have this mentality that it was all or nothing. And I think, I don't know if you can resonate as a born Muslim. Sometimes you feel like if you're not doing everything, then you shouldn't like, you should, you can only practice if you're doing everything, you know, that all, yes. I just, everything, you're not doing enough. So there was a yeah. day I wore hijab like this and I was driving in my car and I used to have a neighbor that he was a black, black, black guy. He didn't know I was Muslim because before I just didn't live an Islamic lifestyle. And he even like, he he called me one day, he's like, Jasmine, I've just seen a, a Muslim, like, Asian lady driving your car. Like, I think your car's been <laughs> stolen. I'm like, no, it's me. Like, it's me. Yeah. And he was like, no, I tried to chase her and stuff like that. So I think when you're speaking to, when one world is like, you're not doing enough, you have to be a certain way. Mm. Your other world and the people that know you, you're kind of trying to, I don't know, it's like you're caught, I felt caught in the middle um, in almost. Between, yeah, in between the two, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, what do
2: I do? Like, who am I? Where do I belong? Um, in, I think also you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna be me. That's yes. all I'm going to be. Like, I can't be what you want. I can't be what you know what you want. I can only be like who I am. You know, and as long as it's not displeasing to Allah, then yeah. that's that's fine. That's what I'm gonna be. It's um, yeah. a yeah. but I feel like that's something a lot of people go through, even if they're not Muslim, even if they're not, you know, you know, not just practicing. Like they're not even Muslim; they have no iman, and um, even they feel like they get caught in this thing where it's like they're just not good enough as a wife, or not good enough as a mother, or not good enough as a, as, as as a worker, um, you know, as an employee. Or so I think it's something that many many people go through, but it's just I feel like it's still like it's still a still bit of a taboo. I even mean, it's spoken about, but I still yeah. feel like it's no one's kind of encouraged to kind of like just just be you like allah created you like 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 you as, as specifically like you with your name with your you know everything's been written down you know from the moment you're in your mom's womb until the day you die like everything's written down with your name next to it with allah like that's how special you are like you're different Definitely. you know Definitely. um yeah subhanallah um Yes, yeah, so kind so um so what happened after that so you became pregnant and while you're going through this phase this means like did you get married like like yeah, what happened
1: so, so I, I think i went through my um i you know I, I call it finding the muslim woman in me as in me defining Aww. you know because i think so many people are telling you this is how you should be your you're, you should be like this i think just a general theme in society it's like oh you yeah. should be like this. this is good this is bad yeah. all the time we're always getting told even as parents this is good this is yeah. bad you know? you know and sometimes you need to um like silence the voices the many voices so i knew i wanted i've always wanted to get married even when i wasn't practicing and have a family so i used to have this thing of i wanted six kids anyone that knows me um that i just always a lot of kids i I just i don't know i just always used to want a lot of kids so i found the, the journey to finding a spouse quite challenging because what i found is and the thing is as well i think when you're born muslim i think in the muslim community i meet a lot of reverts mm-hmm. that are like oh you're so lucky your parents are just gonna find you someone i'm like no they're not my dad is not going to do that he wants me to yeah. go and find a man that he knows he, that i know that he's gonna approve of and come come when the time's right you know so yeah. it's, my dad's not trying to, i didn't come from a family that set me up in that way um yeah so um, i was you know i would get you know and, and the thing is i think in the muslim community as well those days marriage was encouraged a lot but what i found quite yes. quite challenging was um like just the rush it was like oh you know you meet i remember what somebody said to me you should only have three meetings i mean the idea that you oh, know yeah you go, i remember i the heat of things I was like, like that never, yeah. i mean my dad would have a heart attack my dad you can't Listen, in my hope, it will not run. My dad will never have that. Like, there's a funny story, Samira. You all know about. So, Samira was younger, so she tried that, and it did not go down well. I had sense. I knew. I knew what was going to go down. So, I knew that I needed to find someone that my dad would be happy with. Not just that, but I, I, I wanted to be happy with. So. I remember someone saying to me when I was 21 that, you know, when I asked, no, so they told me about a brother and I asked more about him and I was even discouraged. Don't ask too many questions as long as he prays five times a day and he goes to the masjid. I'm like, what? I'm going to base a whole life decision on those two things. I think not, you know. Um, and no, I, it's I was so thinking- good you
2: had your head screwed on, Yasmeen, yeah. because so many sisters fell into that at that
1: time. So I'm not sure like, exactly and I saw it because my sister was younger, and I think she started practicing when she hadn't even started uni. And I saw, I heard people would say to her, she would say to people, "Oh, I want to get married, but my dad won't let me." And I remember someone actually once said, "I'll point someone else to give you away." I was so angry. I was like, "How dare oh. you!" And just because you know. He won't approve, and it's, it's not because he doesn't want good for her. But I'm sorry, you can't come to my dad with someone you met once, of course. Like, of it's just course. not gonna happen, it will never happen. Not even my dad, my whole family. What would they say? You know, it's
2: just um, so. Samira saying, uh, I almost gave my dad a heart attack bringing randoms from the mosque to my dad,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. bringing randoms that would call my dad by his name, Abdurrahman. My dad's African, you don't call an African oh, no. man. <laughs> his name listen that does not go down of course, I, Samira of course. Was photos. I was like you're going to send our dad to an early grade We need to like <laughs> you know but like i found it really hard because i felt i felt like people f- fell into two camps so you'd meet the ones that because i was always quite intellectual and i was very driven and i was still trying like mashallah. working mashallah and i would meet the really uh, you know driven ones that were muslim with muslim names but yeah. it was like they wouldn't pray you know we're still clubbing yeah <laughs> like
2: you know,
1: it wasn't gonna work and someone i met a um a brother somebody was introduced to me and he didn't like the fact that i covered he was like why are you covering religion is wow. not, we, it's not <laughs> we're not compatible yeah. so, um, but then you meet the other brothers that are like you know i want to get married after two weeks you can't work i want you to dress <laughs> like this and if you know me i don't like being told what to do i am for me, I don't like being told what to do. It's, it's, and yeah. I, I can be. I, I have quite a strong personality. So I, me and someone like that, we wouldn't really gel. So yeah. I, I find that quite hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. Because finding the balance of someone that was, um, you know, practicing, you know, but also into growth. Do you know what I mean? Like just yeah. growth and development. Someone that isn't intimidated. Because I find a lot of brothers, some people are intimidated by the fact that maybe I was, you know, working or I was quite strong-minded. There was, I, I think yeah. in those days it was fashionable to be like a timid sister or a sister that just, oh, said, yes. you know, that, that's, you know, submission, which is not a bad thing. I felt like the way it was presented just wasn't, if I'm honest, it really kind of put me off, but I knew that that's not what Allah wanted. I knew that that's what people was saying mm. so alhamdulillah I got, yeah. you know, my husband he, he's actually an old family friend but you know we we gelled really well i met a lot of uh, you know frogs before i met my husband i've got horror story for days like <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah and, and, and also i feel like for me as well family is really really important so i'm um, you know really important even though like my my parents weren't fully practicing to, to the level that i was and i have family members that I, are not it was really important to find someone that could actually come into my family and not like point fingers oh how come your family aren't Muslim and they're doing this I needed yeah. wisdom so that was yeah. really important I, I needed someone that wasn't going to try and take me away from my parents because I adore my parents you know um yeah. stuff like that and I, I so alhamdulillah Allah sent me someone that you know that all it all worked out but and even that was like at politics and my you know family some people are like ah you are twenty three ah oh, why was' the rush <laughs> why are you getting so quickly Aww. you know, what's going on? You know, and then you know some some um was coming me and be like, why did you speak to him for so long like we 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 spoke for a period of a year before we got married, yeah. like, oh what what's the point? you know I was like well i don't I'm, I don't want to be rushed like I don't want yeah. to I want to take my time. I'm not someone that does things on a whim, you know. And it was really hard keeping, like, keeping to that. And also, I think what was really odd is, I think you, I don't know about you, so I grew up with Disney, so, you know, that story where a man would, I always pictured my, like, wedding as, I'd meet a romantic guy, he would see me, love at first sight, he would sweep me off my feet, That <laughs> our wedding would be like, you know, it would just be so perfect, he'd propose on the Eiffel Tower, that was not my story. Oh. But, um, you know that kind of thing so getting my head around the islamic way of doing things and the fact that you know all of the way allah has asked us to do things is for the protection of ourselves yeah so that mm-hmm. we you know we make sure that um you know we, we kind of we we don't let our like lust get into it so that was really me yeah, of course and i also had another friend that we met at uni but she started she's actually on here hi you, <laughs> she started <laughs> around the same time so we kind of had similar stories, and like, I honestly believe that Allah sends you people at the time mm. that you need the most. And you know, even though sometimes it can be lonely, Allah always sends you one or two people to kind of help you along the way. That's that's been my experience. Do you know? Mm-hmm. what I mean, that really just added and strengthened my faith because you know that ayah where Allah says, "Whoever um puts his trust in Allah, um, Allah will make for him a way out of every difficulty." and that's definitely something that has been a theme throughout my whole kind of spiritual journey and even when like you are alone there's a way that Allah strengthens you do you know what I mean yeah
2: yeah he does he does he does Uh, um sorry Samira saying I was into fairy tales man at that point in time there was a Muslim fairy tale you get married have kids and live happily ever after no one at the time talks about the realities oh yes yeah (laughs) Oh gosh, just the first year of marriage. Forget the rest. <laughs> um, just not spoken about. You literally just enter reality world. <laughs> Subhanallah.
1: Yeah, um, it's a big job. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um but- Inner Beauty is saying, Alhamdulillah my partner in Deen. Yeah.
1: Oh that's the was talking about that, you know, Allah sends people along your way, you know, so we yeah. kind of transitions into into the deen. Yeah. Aww.
2: So, um yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on, you wanna say something? Oh
1: can I go on to motherhood now?
2: Yes, please. I was gonna say that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Please, yeah.
1: So I'm married and then another thing is like, you know, get married and everyone's like, When are you when are you getting pregnant? I'm like, Look. Oh yeah. Yeah. i w <laughs> I wanna wait a a while, like I want to wait. You know, that's what I mean. I think all the time, you know, everyone's trying to rush you sometimes.
2: Yeah.
1: Th- and the thing is, is like one theme I found is either you're being rushed or you're being told to slow down. So, you know, like mm. some of my Muslim family or just my family, what's the rush? Don't get pregnant for like three years. And then you've got the Muslim community. It's like, get pregnant. Now. I'm no. get married. <laughs> like what? You know, so I, start, <laughs> I, 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 had, I got married and then like two years later, I had my son my first son and yeah. mashallah that was magical as you know having a first child but no one yeah. told me it was so hard And i was like Why, oh yeah <laughs> it was really really hard and i had like i've got three children now, alhamdulillah but i had not so um you know every 18 months i would have a you know i would you know get pregnant with a, you know so there's two years in between them so when i got to number three that dream of having six kids died because i was not get with three kids um, so yeah alhamdulillah so I went into motherhood and I remember um, when I became a mom and especially when I had my second son and just just kind of thinking of what 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 is my vision what what is what do I want for these kids because you yeah. have a child and it's like you know I'm now someone that went to all the parenting courses I, I'm a course freak so oh I, course. I always feel like I have to be prepared for what I'm going to do and yeah. I wanted to be perfect but what I wanted to do was make sure that their experience of Islam was different to mine. When I say different, mm. it's, I understood by this point that, um, you know, they're not, you know, Islam isn't a given. Just because you're born into Islam, a Muslim family does not mean that you have iman. Mm. That's That was definitely that yeah. my, but I also, I also knew that I didn't want them to have that experience. I did it in Islamic studies where I didn't like it. I didn't want them to kind of be riddled with fear of Allah. And Stuff like that, so and and when I was in second in primary school, I was really really like, um, I was taken away by like Christmas. I really used to love Christmas, I loved primary school. We sang songs, and I yeah. had a really good um teacher, Miss Carey, my year four teacher and my year six teacher. Oh. She was so cool, she would sing, she would make songs up for everything, like she was such a oh. fun teacher. And I was like, Do you know what? I don't actually know any fun Muslim moms when I became a mom, I'm like. <laughs> most of the moms are pretty dry like I'm not trying to be a dry mom I really want to be a fun mom and I know that sounds Aww. strange but I was like how do I want my kids to remember me because when I think about my mom my mom was a really like fun mom when I say fun mom it's like you know when we were going to go swimming she she went swimming with us she would try new things with us so I always had like Aww. really good experience with my mom so I was like I want to do better no. and my mom actually said to me you know, don't do what I did. Do. do better. You've got more. You yeah. have more knowledge. So you do better than me. And I thought that I thought yeah. like she gave me the permission to be like a better version of myself. So yeah. I thought, You know what? Like yeah. so um, hold these like. Um, so I knew a few Muslim moms that were pretty cool as well. They wanted to be cool, but we just didn't know we could be cool as Muslim moms. So we like <laughs> set up like a um, a play group in, in my house where we'd like Aww. sing songs. So. And all the songs we knew. So I was like, do you know what? I'm not a singer. I don't have a good voice actually. But <laughs> do you know what who cares, isn't it? Like if it was Twinkle, Twinkle, Little star, we all knew that. So let's make Islamify it, you know. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, just make it Islamic, you know. Just you know, if you have to put a beat in there, you know, just to kind of get it pumping, you know. Yeah. <laughs> do that. And basically you all know Hannah, that's that that's been my theme in presenting. Yeah. Literally yeah so
2: um, it's amazing like I see some of your clips sometimes that you share on your story
1: yeah and I, I literally re-watch it I'm like
2: this is so amazing it's like like I want to be like that as a mom like I want to be fun oh I want to be exciting I want to sing with them dance with them um and even like I think I don't know when it was but you, you like you, you even like you know dress up as like you know superheroes yeah. and then you proper act it out with your children I just think that's so cool like I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a practicing Muslim mom like do that. I've never seen it before. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I know, right? And
1: I think that's why I was like. This is so dry. Like when I became a mom, I'm like, this is dull. Like I don't even mm. know how the kids feel, but I was bored, you know. Um, yeah. so yeah, and I, you know, you're right. I do dress up, and I, I feel like I don't have shame. Like when I say shame, not in a bad way. Like I'm not, I'm mm. not afraid of making a fool of myself. That's I think. Alhamdulillah, it can be irritating to some people, but I feel like that's my gift from Allah because I'm happy to try something new. So, yeah, I've dressed up as a superhero before. Um, Yeah, I've got a cape. I'm an adult, but I definitely have a superhero cape. When we have movie nights, we don't just have movie nights. We'll, like, have a themed movie night. So, if it's Lion King, we're doing the whole thing. And even, like, um, so me and my sister run, like, a mobile, you'll know, Hannah, Yes, yep. Islamic yeah talk about family. that inshallah yeah. yeah For tiny tiny mu'mins and actually that came from what i used to do me and my sister used to do with the kids and you know i okay. felt like um if i wanted to teach them about islam but in a fun way i, I wanted yeah. it to be memorable i didn't want it to be so i felt like religion was so serious when i was growing up yeah you were religious yes. you were this serious person like when you yes. know we spoke about religion, the tone would change. Let's sit down. Let's be straight jacking. Let's talk about religion. I was like, no, no. Yeah. I wanna like Because when I think about when I was young, and Miss Carey, you know, she made, she made Christmas so fun. Even though I, I never wanted yeah. to be a Christian. But I was up in there singing at the top of my voice. You know, everything. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to be like that. But the Muslim version, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that, that so I made up songs. So if it's like the story of Prophet Noor, I'll make up a song, yeah. and we'll have tools, we'll go around in a circle, and we'll just make up a song, and so I'm, my sister will tell you, I have like um, twins, yeah. and nephew, and literally my sister- um, I'm so
2: sorry to you, <laughs> cut you, uh, Yasmin, the live's going to cut off, um, but inshallah, I'll, I'll, I'll go live again, so everybody okay. who's, who's still with us, inshallah, carry on with us, we're just going to start the live again, Okay, um, so inshallah, that. yeah, leave it, inshallah. <laughs> alaikum Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. you're back okay mashallah yeah. um yes inshallah uh, talk about the tiny moments inshallah
1: yes yeah, so you know when i had my two boys um and you know stuck at home and to be honest i feel like i'm someone that gets bored really easily so i was like oh let me try this like home you know staying at home thing i was bored within six months i'm like no no wow. i need to- yeah. I was so bored i was just like mm everyone's like yeah I'm homeschooling I'm just like at home and I really really struggled so I was like how can I make this a bit more like fun you know because I think with parenting you spend so much of your time kind of like doing things I was changing nappies making food and stuff so I really wanted to like spice things up a bit and just make it fun and memorable so like we would, we would you know invite so we knew like other people that had young children so invite them over and yeah. you know we would you know do like stay in place at certain days of the week. So yeah. we'll like you know come over and we'll have a theme. So if it's teaching them about Prophet Noah, like Noah's Ark, we'll do that. We'll everyone bring your soft toys, whatever it is. You know if it's Ramadan, we will do something. If it's like, even when my kids were in nursery, I remember actually. I don't know about you. So when I was young, I came from Ghana. And this was quite a new thing. And yeah. everyone would have the Christmas cards, and that's a very new thing in Ghana. People oh, didn't yeah. do that.
2: Yeah.
1: But I re I actually got involved. I'm like, Mom, please, I really want to give Christmas cards. I like <laughs> Thanks, that. You know? So cool. Yeah. Like, you know, so I like, yeah. like, actually got into a- the point even when I was in secondary, me and my friends would buy each other Christmas presents, but not as <laughs> of the Christmas, I just like <laughs> the gifting. Like I was like, this is yeah. good, like and yeah. stuff. So I was like, what? Well, actually I want my kids to experience that, you know? I want them to experience mm. if we're saying that they-, they shouldn't celebrate birthdays, actually, how can we compensate for that? Do you know what I mean? How can we use the boundary of Islam to make it fun? So, like, every, yeah. every like, Eid, they would give out things to their friends, like, Eid, Eid favours or whatever. So, I don't really see that. So, um, so I did Sisters Achieve. I don't know if you've ever done Sisters Achieve with Umrayan. I've, I've, heard, of, I've
2: heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah,
1: yeah so, it, um, so, in 2014, yes, I did Sisters Achieve with Umrayan. And basically, all about, like, self-development. And then using like what you're good at. Like basically it's is is to kind of use what Allah has blessed you with to kind of gain the pleasure of Allah by leaving a legacy. So there was a lot of NashaAllah. focus, even as Muslims, on leaving a legacy. So I was like, Oh, what can we do? And then I remember like people had already said to me, like, Oh, when I stopped doing the stay and play, you know you should do it? And I was like, Oh, is it? Like I didn't even know people enjoyed it. So me and my oh. sister was like, do you know what? Should we do it as a, a proper thing? So in um october two, 2015 we had our first launch event um and that was based on the story of the prophet prophet eunice in the belly of the whale so we okay. had like um like a parachute and all the kids went underneath it and then we sprayed them with silly string and tried to guess what kind of food was in the belly of the whale and like uh, and stuff it was just really really nice and it was really well received so um mashallah. i don't know i think we love Doing things, and I realize also there's like a demand to Islam and teaching kids. It can be done in such a routine my That's my opinion, anyway. Yeah, any I agree. So, like, how can we make it a bit more fun? And how, why yeah. can't we especially use, especially like, for
2: children? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even like books. You know, I mean, I practice a Muslim. You know, you have I had my son, and he had so many Islamic books. But I guess at the time, I think now, friend the books yeah. that I would see at bookstores were, like, very adult in their content, like, and mm-hmm. I'd read it to me. and be like, no, no, mommy, I want the Gruffalo, I don't want that book, it's boring, Aww. I want the Gruffalo, what do you want? And I'd feel bad, I'm like, wow, does my child hate Islam Really, that was the beginning of Tiny Mopmans. So.
2: Yeah, and um, if you talk about your book
1: as well, and please? I did, when, we, when I did I the film um, with Umrayan, um, I remember, I think as well, at the time when I used to go to Islamic talks, There's so many talks on hellfire and you know hereafter every talk i attended yeah. and the hereafter was like hellfire if you don't wear the correct hijab this will happen to you if you don't bear your husband this was like i remember thinking this is really dark stuff and um yeah so we did a visualization exercise where um Umrayam asked us what would you like to do in Jannah? like what do you want i would never ever thought about what I want in paradise I just knew I wanted to get there oh. and I found it so powerful that I couldn't even sleep I was like wow oh. I am not even allowed to even ask for anything in paradise like I oh. thought just getting in because even when she first did that exercise everyone was like I just want to get to jungle. I want to meet the prophets she was like no sisters what do you want to do I was mm-hmm. like actually I want a diamond I want like a, a room made of diamonds I was like <laughs> I felt like I, I could I could be myself yeah I, I, I thought how amazing would it be as a child to fantasize about Jannah because growing up all I knew about Janna was I remember I asked my mom once how's Janna gonna be like and she'll be like you can drink all the Fanta you want in the world so I really (laughs) used to like Fanta (laughs) and I was like yeah Yeah. but then I didn't hear about it again so that really pushed me to want to write a story for children but in a really fun and exciting way so, yeah. and remember I said to you, I used to like writing, but then I, I think be- when I became a teenager, I kind of stopped writing. So yeah. I rekindled like writing. So I wrote my blog. I started writing my blog, which is like the reflections of a born Muslim, because I felt like there was so much out there in terms of, you know, tr- the story of people that converted to Islam, actually for people like me, me that were born into Islam, we also yes. have a spiritual journey. So I'd already started writing. So, I did, like, a course on, like, a short course on, like, writing for children. Um, and also, I really wanted my children to see themselves in the book. So, they're black Muslim children. And I felt like there wasn't enough books about black Muslim children as the main characters. So, that kind of inspired me to write. So, this is my book. You you know it, Hannah. It's called Friends yeah. of Jannah. <clears throat> and, um, and it's, like... It's 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 basically follows a story of like a grandma. It's a twins, a boy and a girl that go to visit their grandma, and then their grandma tells them the story about like you know, let me tell you some something about Jannah, and you know the twins are really confused. What what's Jannah? Is it a place? And then when the grandma tells them about Jannah, they now start imagining what Jannah's like.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> and the
1: reason why I put that in there is because I think you know what we said about people always defining things for you i thought like no actually this is jannah this is paradise and actually we can we can ask for anything who are we to tell the child this is what you have in jannah we can't do that because it's jannah right yeah so, <clears throat> I. Well, I mashaAllah the
2: sisters are saying um inner beauty one is saying my kids love this book uh oh, nunu okay. stars amazing storytelling spoken underscore world underscore production underscore tie uh, we love this book oh, mashaAllah
1: Mashallah. yeah so I, re, I really wanted to explore and also actually my children were like a really big part of um, the book because I would ask them when I told them about Johnna, <clears throat> they were like wow mommy so does that mean I can eat you know chocolate for breakfast I'm like yes and then, oh, was animal. Can I race a, a lion I'm like yes my Aww. daughter like, oh, can I like you know lie on a rainbow I'm like you can do anything and it's not really a lie because yeah, oh, it's Jannah, right? That anything you want there, yeah, you're,
2: you're, 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 Even Allah's gonna say like, "What do you want?" Like, imagine what? like we're we're living in Jannah. Everyone's in Jannah at this point. Like everyone's in Jannah. Everyone's enjoying their time, and then amongst like uh, um, like during that time, Allah will call out and He will say like, "Like, is there anything you want?" Because this is the day of increase, Subhanallah. Yeah. And people are going to be like, Allah, you've given us everything we want. So they've asked, basically, they've asked for everything and Allah's given it to them. So that in itself just shows that it's limitless. Like, it's a day of increase, subhanAllah.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, it's beautifully said, Hannah, I think as well, as Muslims, we should really reflect and really take it in because I think I knew that Johnna, everything's limited it's limitless, but you don't think of it as actually, I can ask for anything mm. I want, you know, and that for mm. me was a shift. Not, oh yeah, it's is beautiful. Okay, but what do we do with that information? Do we actually mm-hmm. sit down and think, oh my god, this is what it's gonna be like? So when I mentioned it to my kids and we're talking like, mommy, what would you want? And I was like, oh my I wonder I actually would fancy like a you know a chocolate river myself and things like yeah. that. Sometimes we giggle. <laughs> and stuff Um, and that really really inspired me to like write about the book and stuff like that for me it was really important that I had black characters because I do think that for me Mm. the black muslim identity I think I think now is getting better but I think when people think about when they're presenting you know if you think us people that are not muslim when you think about muslims you think of like someone from the arab world or south asian definitely. definitely yeah yeah but I'd, so i really wanted my kids to look at it and see themselves i mean we've got pigtails you know you know the afro hair. we've got um, pigtails we've got yep. <laughs> you know, after, I, I was not leaving anything out so, i love yeah. that
0: i love that Mashallah.
1: so really it's just i want to like create like a, a curiosity in children about jannah and alhamdulillah by by the grace of allah like the feedback's been really good that people are you know kids yeah. that do get the book i actually thinking about Jannah and it's also prompting conversation with the adults because I think one thing that I think probably my parents took for granted is that they thought they sent me to Islamic studies and then that would fix my Islamic identity and actually as a parent you have a huge role to play in your kids Islamic education so I I leave some room for the parents to like explore with the um, children as well.
2: Yeah, mashallah. Um, Sister saying Nunu stars—a great representation for Black Muslim children. Thank um, you. And I completely agree. Like you know, I've got my children as well, um, and I think like I'm getting to the point now where I want to kind of explore like Islamic books. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, there is more out there now. Um, but I love the fact that you saw like a gap, you know, yeah. and, and you filled the gap in. Like I feel like that's such a—I don't know about you, but or how you feel about it, but for me, that's something huge that's something that to think about oh we don't have this we don't have that it, 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 anyone can do that but to then say you know what I'm going to be the person who's going to fill this gap in I'm going to do something I'm going to you know um, and subhanallah like um, look how after you did it there were so many other books that came out so perhaps someone read your book and then they got Definitely. inspired and therefore let me add to it you know um, yeah, Ask to accept it from you to make it weigh heavy on your scale of good deeds um, I love that. And for any sisters who are listening in or anyone who's gonna be watching this video later on, like it's so important that when we see something, like we see a problem or we see like a gap in the community, it's so crucial that we be the one to kind of step in, um, you know, and, and create that change. Otherwise, like 10, 20 years will go past and it'll be that like, same story, just you know, oh we don't have this or we don't have that. Um, so that's amazing, mashallah. to accept it from you, mashallah. Amen.
1: I mean, I mean, yeah, I
2: mashallah.
1: Mean. yeah.
2: Um, so, what do you do with Tiny Mortmen? Do you have like regular workshops uh, and stuff like that? <laughs> I think,
1: um, I think is we've we've changed direction a bit. So, initially, we were doing it a lot more often because the kids were young. But I think that's time, because it's a mobile workshop, so we go to people can hire us, or we'd hold certain sections, but se- um, sessions. But we've actually expanded. So last year, we expanded to Tiny Mortmen's youth. So Samira's like a secondary school teacher, lead practitioner. So we thought, actually, my my oldest is 10 and he's getting to the point now where, you know, the songs don't really do it for him. So he's at like, that yeah. level. <laughs> he's like, Mom, no, please, not another song. You don't have to sing to me. I'm like, why? I thought I sang well. But um, yeah, so I, I saw a gap and I'm like, oh, what can I do to kind of expand it to to work with my children? So we introduced Tiny Moot Youth and that was from 10... 11 to 14 year old so we'd had our first one in December um, and that was really well received just to kind of find a way to kind of instill confidence in Muslim children because I think you know confidence is a really really important thing and really being accepting who you are and actually channeling it so that was really well received unfortunately corona came and just I don't know everything's just a bit all over the place um of course but Yeah, but another thing that I, I don't know if you attended, I can't remember if you attended Hannah. So we, Tiny Moomins, we held the first ever Muslim children's book festival in March,
2: 2020. Um, I, I'm I actually booked to come in, but I don't know, something must have happened. I couldn't make it, but I remember it looked really great. Mashallah.
1: Yeah, mashallah. And again, like what you said about filling the gap, you know, I'm so tired of every World Book Day. mummy. can I buy this? Can I buy that? And I'm like, no. You know, and the truth yeah. of the matter is they get to experience book in a really fun way. So I wanted to kind yeah. of create a, a, um, like an event where our children can look at all the <clears throat> Muslim characters they have, because that's part of their identity and attend yeah. something. And it wasn't like a, a, a book festival that was like, you know, it was really, really like we did. We had a lot. So we had like Lego making. We had like a puppet show. So that's something we do doing with tiny, models, like puppets, you know we sing, we had everything like, you know, we had best dress. So you had to pick a character from a Uh, Muslim book and dress up. So we had like, you know, proper trophies for the kids. And you know, the feedback that was really, really good because actually we need something like that in the Muslim community. So yeah, yeah, it was, we've got loads of plans, but so many plans, but you know. Uh Uh,
2: Oh, man, I accept it from you guys. And honestly, just keep going because um, you know, when you're the first one to kind of create that change, um yeah. it's really hard because you're kind of working like from there's no vision really like as in someone else has done it and you're kind of trying to um you know work with what they've done but maybe twerk it a bit um but when you're doing it for the first time like it, it can be quite daunting um but honestly yeah. what you guys are doing is so amazing uh subhanallah and just think about all the children who will attend and be inspired and love Allah more And love Islam more And, and attribute like Islam to like fun and, um, and, and just create that connection Between them and Allah From a young age yeah. um, I think that's amazing So may Allah accept it from you guys May Allah um, only allow you to You know, flourish and flourish um, Mashallah, It's amazing MashaAllah um, mashallah. Okay. Mashallah. Um, Has anyone got any questions They would like to ask Yasmeen any questions, any questions? Uh, just looking through the comments uh sorry before sister was saying um spoken underscore world underscore production just saying yes tap into the world of children their imaginations are limitless yeah Mashallah. um yeah i agree totally agree with that Subhanallah. um okay i don't think we've got any questions or so maybe um okay once it's the sister sister underscore saying yes yes um i can't read that but it says yeah we are proud of you oh Masha
1: thank,
2: Allah. You. Beautiful. thank you oh, <laughs> oh yes like so samira saying what advice would you give your younger self i love that oh i think i think i'll
1: give you choose two, three, three 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 okay, advice. okay. okay. Yeah. first one is don't be afraid to stand alone I think in anything, because I think sometimes, you know, when we're talking about silencing the voices and literally just doing you, I think that sometimes Mm. requires you to stand alone and actually don't be afraid of it. So that's number one. Number two, I would say be your authentic self. So whatever that is, because I, I feel like we all have a role to play, as in we all, Allah has given us our character. Yeah. you know just just be your authentic self because I think the my journey throughout life, whether it's spiritual whatever sometimes it's really hard to be yourself so just you know and also um don't ever let anyone tell you you can't so when i say can't that you can't change you can't better you can't whatever it is you know you can't and actually <clears throat> you know, you can, or you can't, so can't, whatever. So, you know, when I think about when I was even starting to practice Islam, can I do it, can I not, can I write a book? You know, I'm not, I wasn't really an author. I wasn't really a writer, but, you know, I, I still did it, you know, just, just try it and yeah. just, just go for it. So that, those are the three things I would say.
2: Asha thank you. Um, has spoken underscore world, underscore production saying, when is the no- next book coming, Yaz?
1: Yes, that's a very good question. It is, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> oh, inshallah. I've got like you know the thing is that I've got a lot of sorry I'm just putting my charger in I've got a lot no, of no, go ahead, go ideas ahead. I've got a lot of I mean yeah I've got a lot of drafts and everything so it's just a matter of just doing it so there is a book okay. coming out but I just don't know when <laughs> inshallah. Okay,
2: inshallah looking forward for that Zainab um, <laughs> underscore Adetona Asalaamu alaykum Wa alaykum Salaam are the events usually based in London?
1: Yeah, London, and um, so we've done events, mostly in London, but we've done events in Luton, we've done events in Birmingham, so really, oh, you know, MashaAllah so it depends, you know, so we've been approached, um, you know, people will contact us, oh, can you come to Birmingham and do an event, that's fine, as long as we know in advance and we, we're, we're free, we're happy yeah. to travel. travel.
2: MashaAllah, that's amazing. Um, okay, Zainab asking again, where can I get your book from, and is it suitable for a three-year-old?
1: yeah so you can you can get it from amazon so literally if you search treasures of jannah or my name Yasmin gala it will come up on amazon so you can get get it there um and in terms of um yes definitely three-year-old when i wrote the book my daughter was she was two and she loved the book and my son was older so now i've got a 10 year old and a six and my youngest is six-year-old and and they all love it so i definitely think a three-year-old actually I think a three-year-old would really understand. You might have to explain some concepts, but, you know, it's it's definitely child-friendly for a three-year-old. Okay,
2: alhamdulillah. Uh, Nunish stars give advice on how to juggle motherhood, spiritual growth, being a wife, a professional, and an entrepreneur. MashaAllah <laughs> tabarakallah. <laughs> That's an Masha amazing Allah. question. And I want to know too. <laughs> Masha how Allah. do you do it, yes? You know what? <laughs> the
1: <What's> your secret? <laughs> Just seeing, seeing it written is like it's a lot... In- Sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes when you're in something, you don't think of it as like a lot. Yeah, um, I yeah. honestly, how do you juggle saying, it? You know so, PS,
2: advice or lessons learned, she said.
1: Lessons learned. Okay. Okay. Let's, let me start with the lessons. Um, okay. <laughs> take it in your stride because I think what happened to me early on, um, I became a mom of three and I was doing a lot. So I'm, as I said, I'm always someone that's doing something. <clears throat> you can very really quickly. Um, so just take it in your stride you don't have to do everything you know you don't have to spend hours doing everything even kids are there you have like it's a given you have to like look after them um in terms of spiritual growth I think that's also another struggle but choose even if it's one little thing to concentrate on so if it's maybe your prayer just choose it and do it properly um and in terms of even spiritual growth hamdulillah now for the internet you know you could there's so many different ways you know and I think come out of your shell so before, I used to be like, oh, I have to go to a talk. But actually, when I became a mom of three, it's not always possible to physically go to a talk. So yeah. find a place, whether it's listening to a podcast. MashaAllah, Hana, you do amazing, like, series. Um, you know, usually you always got something going on to, like, help people's faith. And, you know, even if it's once a week for half an hour, you can tap into something. Mm. Definitely, that's for this um, spiritual growth. Being a wife, it's, it's a journey, you know. I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> I think being a wife is <laughs> it's a journey, like, <laughs> it's give and take just bit by bit and just constantly communicating. And if it gets too much, say and ask for help as well from your husband yeah. so that you can juggle everything. But honestly, Hannah, you all know it's, it's a journey because yeah. every time you add something into the mix, you almost need to change yeah. it up, yeah. you know? So but I,
2: think, but I think that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it, like, special. that's what makes your marriage special. Um, when Definitely. you have things coming and changing Well, you think it's changing But I feel like you're just growing That's part of growth Otherwise, exactly. you wouldn't grow We'd we'll just be stuck, you know, yeah Exactly um,
1: But yeah, carry so, on,
2: inshallah And uh, professional?
1: A professional, oh, okay So I work in HR So I'm a diversity, inclusion and, and well-being manager um, So for me, it's a really important part of who I am Because I, as I said, I really love self-development I feel like career is a really important thing for me so just you have to be really organized i'm not gonna lie i think people that know me you have to be super organized like if you're juggling a career motherhood you just have to be organized and know where your priorities lie because the truth of the matter is you can't you know i think now there's so much pressure oh you have everything has to be perfect everything doesn't have to be perfect and it's it's, everything will change according to what needs to change so i think just um, manage your time and know where your priorities lie like have them like a list so for me if the the motherhood's at the top and then you know the spiritual growth and then or spiritual growth first motherhood um whatever so have like a clear vision of what you're doing because I think otherwise you just be all over the place so for me my motherhood thing is making sure my kids have good memories of me as a mom spiritual growth is important because if I'm not strong in my spiritual life how can I teach them how can I make them strong profession i think you know just being super organized so i do everything the day before i do everything in advance um Mm -hmm. and plan and being an entrepreneur honestly i have to find pockets of time for that like literally um that that comes at the bottom for me because i everything else is at the top but i find pockets of time to do that yeah
2: yeah yeah and i think a little bit like you said like mastering your time
1: um yeah
2: we might call it time management you know, all these words but really it's about what are you what are you spending your time doing um you know because a lot of the time we could be scrolling through social media we could be watching youtube video after youtube video oh now it's all about tiktok um like what are you doing like in those times when you're not doing your you know being a wife being being a mother uh, your entrepreneur whatever it may be all the other stuff like put it to the side like those times like where you're not being productive like what are you doing with it Um, because that could be where you could start that business or that could be where you you invest in your being a wife or whatever it may be. Um, Okay, mashallah. Uh, Inner Beauty One is saying, what's been the best part of your journey this
1: far? Oh, I love that question. Mashallah. Wow, where do I even start? So I wanted to focus on two things. (laughs) I want to focus on motherhood and spiritual journey. I think if I talk about my spiritual journey, I think what I've learned is just to accept each part of the journey. So the good, the bad and the ugly. And mm. when I went, the best part of my journey has always been that light bulb, bulb moment. Moment, you know, like that moment where something just makes sense. So whether it's whatever it is, just being com- when you get comfortable, that little bit where you get comfortable. So for me, when I started practicing Islam, just you know, when you ask me, um, Hannah, finding the, the Muslim woman in me, being comfortable, mm. those bits I really enjoyed because it's like it's so hard before, but when you get to that bit and you have like certainty in what you're doing that's been the best bit but i i would say embrace all of it the good the bad and the ugly because it's it's part of it's part of who you are you know um and in terms of motherhood for me i think motherhood's beautiful it's hard it's not i'm not even gonna pretend it's funny because in lockdown i had a lot of people call me and be like are you not struggling with lockdown i'm like listen that video you saw that's a (laughs) snippet of everything that's going on you know like but I think sometimes you need those moments to kind of counteract the hard moments. Yeah, you know what I mean, and the thing with motherhood is that I feel like kids teach you so much about yourself. They really Oh do. yes. Oh yes. Um, and you know that's been for me the most beautiful. I, 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 if you'd asked me, I might like if I was going to be at write children's book, I'd be like, no, I'm more likely to write a novel. But actually, look, I became a mom and I actually wrote a book you know so I wouldn't have done that if I didn't have kids maybe I would have I don't know so I, I would just say just the learning part it's hard though but mm. the learning
2: part yeah definitely yeah. definitely subhanallah. Um, Yassin, are there any more questions from you ladies any more questions oh there is one actually sister sister yes yeah, sister, the same uh, will there be a comeback of your blog love reading them so inspiring and me too that's my question as well <laughs> i asked you that question recently <laughs> yes we
1: did um it's it's funny actually i was actually reading it so sometimes i feel like for me sometimes i get I don't, i'm not someone sometimes that when i I'm, i feel like i live with doing the next thing so i'm someone that's always thinking of the next thing so i yeah. like to kind of go back and read and look at what i've done as just to see how far you've come yeah. i was reading the blog the other day. i haven't written for a long while you'll know this hannah but yeah uh, It's funny, I have a lot of drafts that I should post, but I haven't kind of edited. Um, So I watch this space. There is going to be other things, um, other things I'm going to post. And also I want to turn some of the content into a book. Um, So inshallah, that's the next thing. I'm so
2: excited. The thing's on your blog, yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. oh <laughs> I'm so happy, sweet. Oh. Yeah, so I just have to oh, find the yes. time to be honest. But oh may Allah bless your time. Writing, honestly. Uh, me, and oh. it'll be more detailed and, and everything. So there's not a children's book it's more about just the journey. The and, journey, and the,
2: yeah, the Muslim yeah. practice. That's uh, we need that, mashallah. Yeah,
1: mashallah. That's, oh.
2: That's, yeah. <laughs> oh I'm so excited now, honestly, Allah. Um okay, so Najah is saying um, so, Assalamu alaikum, Stylish Creativity. Um, saying, um, is there being part of your motherhood where you stayed at home? How did you deal with it mentally? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mentally.
1: So, I've always... Okay, so when I had my first son, I went back to work after I had him. And then I had my second son. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to stay at home now. I stayed at home mm. for six months and I was literally going crazy. I was... I just... I think, do you know mm. what it was for me? It wasn't, It wasn't the motherhood. It was like just... You know, sometimes motherhood can take so much of you. You give so much of yourself to your husband, to the mm. house, to the kids. And I really struggled with that because I felt like I wasn't me. I was like someone's mom, someone's wife. yeah, you know, The lady of a house, you know? Yes. So I, I struggled. And actually, as a result, I, I, I got to know very early on that I'm not... I feel like I need to do something for myself. So it doesn't have to be going to work. Just find something, you know? Mm. Um, just find something. If you feel... And everyone's different. Some people... Will feel like doing something will help their mental health. That's definitely the case for me. So my husband always says, "Why don't you just slow down? You say you're stressed, slow down." I'm like, "Yeah, but me doing this thing is helping me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it really, I really struggle. So I'm. I don't think I'm. I love I'm but I I don't think I'm the type of person that can stay home and not do anything. I feel like I will have to do something, yeah. whether it's I don't know, play group something just. But it really really affected my mental health. And as a result, I actually... I I didn't go back to work, but I ended up up doing a master's with two kids. Um, That's the kind of person I am. It was hard, though. I'm not saying you should do that. That's quite extreme. (laughs) But I'm just trying to give you an indication of how, how much I struggled being at home. And that's why I said earlier when, you know... In the early days, when you're around people that like I'm homeschooling my kids, I'm like me. I don't even think, you know, I can be like that. But I think just find something that you know you can do for yourself, yeah. not for your husband, not for the kids. Find something, and that really helps. Yeah,
2: yeah, I agree. Something that 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 brings out the the good in you and only adds uh, to you. That uh, the role of of the wife, like you said, the role of the wife, role of the mother, it's a lot of giving. So yeah. you can't give from an empty cup, you know, you need to fill you that know? cup. So fill it up with things that you love, things that is, is kind of like who you are, whether that's art, whether that's, uh, you know, business, or a maybe um, that's really important. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, mashallah. I think there's no more questions. Yeah. Um, mashallah. Um, so, I just want to end by just saying, Jazakallah uh, khair, Yasmeen, for coming on and sharing your story um, and for doing two lives. SubhanAllah, i to accept it from you. It seems to be some kind of trend, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though it means to be 45 minutes. But um, I think I'm gonna, I need to have to kind of like go back to the drawing board <laughs> and change that because, mashallah, like when, when sisters share their story, um, and you know, like with, with her story inspires, it's like. Um, like you know like when i was first planning it like i wasn't sure like how how much time to give because um are people gonna share their story would they want to go deep uh but subhanallah episode one and now episode two is so beautiful i just subhanallah right. from allah and then from you guys like it's so beautiful that sisters are so willing to just share their heart and just share their story Definitely. um subhanallah, so i really appreciate it and it's, and it's an absolute honor um i've had you here today uh, or tonight and I've had shared your story. Um, I really, really appreciate it and ask Allah wa ta'ala to bless you and your family and to only grant you goodness upon goodness and to make you and your family, you know, beakers of light. Um, Allahumma Ameen. Uh, but inshallah my lovelies, I think we're gonna call it a night. Um, sorry, it was, uh, the hook in creation khair was amazing. What a beautiful, bubbly person. Yes, I agree. Inshallah. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, take care, inshallah my lovelies. Inshallah, okay. episode okay. three, inshallah, will be next week, Saturday. Um, all information will be shared on the page. So, uh, make dua, inshallah, for her story inspired and for our sister Yasmeen and her family. Uh, bishallah, take care, my lovelies. And assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.
1: warahmatullahi oh, wabarakatuh.